there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it is to live more simply. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to report back to you that we had an amazing Ladies Day out this past weekend. We had our Simply Living for Him Ladies Day out. It was a beautiful day with very beautiful women. And if you were not able to come because you aren't local um, or you just couldn't make it, we did live stream it on my Facebook page. So you can go to the Simply Living for Him Facebook page. It's totally unedited. It's totally not professional. We just literally hit the button on my phone so that we could record the session. I will try to get them up on YouTube as well and edit them a bit, Um, but you are welcome to go check those out. I'm so thankful for an amazing day. The next event that I am doing is uh, the Czech Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference in June. I will be speaking there on June the 16th, um, and that is in Denver, Colorado. I am super excited about that. And then in July, of course, we have our our Simply Living for Him women's retreat, and I am super excited for that. We also have a special guest speaker this year, Grace Jones, who just happens to be my daughter, but she is an amazing, gifted young woman, a gifted teacher um, for young women. So if you are coming to the event and you want to bring your older teens or younger ladies in your life, or maybe you know some younger ladies who thought, well, this isn't for me. It's all those old ladies. It's not. It is for any woman at any stage of life who wants to know Jesus more. But Grace will be doing some um, some information with the younger girls to encourage them to you know walk with the Lord in this very difficult world these days. So come on out, bring the young women in your life. Uh, we are still open for registration. You can go to simplylivingforhim.com slash retreat for all of the information. All right, so I'm doing a Q&A today. I've wanted to do this for a while. I put some questions out there on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, on Instagram. And, you know, uh, had people submit their questions. So I'm going to answer those today. So this will be one of those kind of mishmash um, episodes where you may get to know me a little bit more. You may learn something that you didn't know. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things. But before we start, I want to thank, as always, my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a Christ-centered, award-winning homeschool curriculum provider. Their mission is to help homeschooling students and families learn, live, and defend the Christian faith through their print and digital curriculum, as well as their online classes. You can shop Apologia Science. You can shop their math curriculum. Um, Their brand new Bible curriculum is available. They have self-paced curriculum. They have worldview curriculum, history and government. They have planners. They have a What We Believe series, Shop Your Eyewitness series. Okay, so they have a whole bunch of resources. The most 
you know, important thing for us has always been, no matter what curriculum we use, that it comes from a biblical worldview, and Apologia does just that for our family. I absolutely love it. You can also receive a free guide to Apologia Science and how to write a lab report. Um, go over to Apologia.com. If you subscribe, you can get that freebie. They also have some other resources. Um, in their menu, you can find some homeschooling helps, uh, resources and ebooks, uh, getting started ebook, guide to apology of science, free activities for kids, military, ministry, missionary. I'm just reading from their website. You've got to go check it out and see all that they have to offer at apologia.com, one of our very favorite curriculums as long as we've been homeschooling. All right, so let's get to your questions. Um, like I said, I posted on Instagram recently. I had some people uh, submit questions, so I kind of made a list of questions that have been submitted on the Instagram post as well as questions I've been asked over the years, uh, you know, and I just wanted to include them as well. So these questions come from all different people at all different times. But we're going to get started now. So number one, I'm just going to start with this question because I was asked this recently and I was like, oh yeah, I wonder if many people even know this, um, but how long have I been podcasting? This is really interesting. I think I've been podcasting probably at least eight years, um, at least eight years because I can remember starting podcasting when I was even in my old house and that was we've been living in our new house seven and a half years so at least eight years or so and I don't know if many people know this about me but I started podcasting accidentally I didn't even know it had a name no really so what happened was I had you know many people know my story about just blogging in general. I was, you know, blogging for the fun of it about 12 years ago now, I guess. Um, even longer than that. I think I started about 13 years ago. And that blog ended up turning into something bigger than it had, in, you know, had intended it to be. Um, and I started writing for other publications, writing for other websites, writing for magazines. And my message started to get out there. And eventually, I started to speak at events. And um, the first, you know, couple of times I spoke at these little local homeschooling events, which were a lot of fun, gradually worked up to bigger state conventions, to national conventions. And it was during that time where I remember saying to my husband, I want to offer something on my website, like a free, I remember saying, a free MP3 download. You know, I wanted to kind of take one of my in-person talks from my speaking events and put it online for people to download uh, and to listen to that event. And I think the very first one I did was called... Um, simplifying back to homeschool or something. It was something about back to homeschool. Like it was at the beginning of the school year and it was about, you know, going back to school, to homeschool. And so Steve was like, sure, we can do that. And and I recorded on this little handheld, like, recorder, digital recorder, and it, it wasn't like an eight track or something. It was a digital recorder and I gave it to Steve and he like transferred it to the computer and magically uploaded it to my website and I offered it on my website, you know, like free download. And then I was like, oh, you know, that was kind of fun. I like, you know what I really, the reason I did it, 
This is really the reason. I had been blogging. Back then, I was blogging quite a bit, almost every day. Um, And I was, you know, really churning out these blog posts and articles and things like that. And I didn't like the fact that people would listen, I mean, would read it in their own voice. I wanted people to associate my voice with it when they were reading it so they could understand where I was coming from a little bit more. I wanted them to hear my voice. I wanted them to hear my, you know, personality. Because oftentimes when we read an article or a blog post, we put our own voice into it or we put our own tones and inflections in it. And so I felt like if I did a download of um, a speaking talk that people could listen to, they could get to know me a little bit better. They could hear my voice. They could understand my personality and who I was. So that was the original intention. Back then, I sort of did it sporadically. After I did that one, I was like, you know what? I'd like to do that again. Or I have something else that I could share. I'll record it rather than writing this long blog post. And then I'll offer it again as a free download. And at that time, podcasts were not a thing. They were around, but it was not at all. Like today, everybody has a podcast. And so Steve said, you know, you can do this um, you know, often and you can, you know, have your own podcast. So I was like, okay, I really didn't understand (laughs) what that was. But I started to do it. And I remember even when I called it a podcast, I felt like weird because I was like, I really I'm telling people I have a podcast. What is that? But anyway, obviously, as the years have gone gone on, people do listen to podcasts. And it's become more Um, of a, a, you know, valuable way to communicate with others. I remember the first few years of me actually doing the podcast. And in the beginning, I didn't do it regularly. And it wasn't really submitted to all these platforms. Like now you can hear the podcast. I'm sure wherever you're, you're all listening at different places, you can hear it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, you know, it goes to all the different places, Uh, Google Play, you know, wherever you listen, all the podcast streaming apps. Back then it was on my website or I think I was using, I eventually started using a different host. So you could SoundCloud back then. So you could go and listen. But I remember um, in the early years when I did it, it wasn't like every Friday, you know, now I have a new episode every Friday. Back then it was literally whenever I felt like it, like, oh, I have an idea. I'll sit down and do one. So it was very sporadic in the beginning maybe for a year or two, and then I started to do them more regularly. And now I do release a new episode most of the time every week, right? We all know that sometimes life happens and it doesn't get, you know, into it. But the funny thing was when I would go and speak at conventions in those early years, afterwards, you always talk to people, you know, after your talks and you come, they come up to you and you answer questions or just have some great chit chat. And I started noticing that every person would come up to me, like literally every person. It was rare that they didn't say this. And they'd say, I learned about you on your podcast. I found you or, you know, I heard about you because of your podcast or I listened to your podcast. And it's so encouraging when I'm doing the housework, I play it. And every time somebody would say that, my response was the same. I would say, you do? Because I really felt like in those early years, I was talking to myself and just putting this recording out there. And I couldn't believe that that's how people were finding me. So before that, people would say, I knew about you because I have one of your books. Because back then, I had been writing 
homeschooling books. And most people went from I knew about you from your books to I knew about you from your podcast. And that kind of blew my mind. So then it became a very good way for me to reach more people. And in fact, the Simply Living for Him podcast, now I'm not going to say it's like, you know, there's way bigger podcasts out there. I'm not trying to say like I've hit the big time and I'm this big, huge podcast, but it does reach thousands of people a week all over the world, and you never know who's listening. So that's very exciting, and to God be all the glory for him using all different means of technology to reach all different types of people all over the world, and you never know who is listening. So I really enjoy podcasting now, and I don't see myself giving that part of the ministry up. It's really it's really a great way to reach people. And for sure, when I go speak now at events, people say all the time, I listen to your podcast, I listen to your podcast. And that just always makes me so happy. So that's a little bit of the history behind the Simply Living for Him podcast and how long I've been doing it and how I got started. Um, and like I said, nowadays, everybody has a podcast. So it's like big deal, you have a podcast. But back then, I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> All right. Somebody asked me, um, have I ever been part of a mentoring program at a church? And if not, how would it look? I don't really think I've been part of a formal mentoring program or anything like that. I've definitely had ladies in my life who I would consider mentors. I have women in my life that I would hope would consider me a mentor, um, but not a formal program. So that's a really good question. Like, what would that look like? First of all, I don't know that it has to be a formal program. I think mentors and, you know, being a mentor and having a mentor are really critical and wonderful relationships to have, especially nowadays when life can be just so crazy for all of us. It's really important to have people to help us to be grounded, people to keep us accountable, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a formality. Uh, you know, you can maybe ask somebody in your life who you admire, who you look up to, who is a respected Christian, who's a mature Christian, um, you know, who's a little further in their journey maybe than you are. And you can say to them, hey, do you want to be my mentor? And then the two of you decide how that looks. You know, hey, we're going to chat on the phone every Friday to touch base. Or, hey, we're going to get together once a month and have coffee to touch base. And, you know, it could be that type of relationship. Or, hey, you're going to send me a daily text. And, you know, we'll encourage each other via text, whether it's prayer or accountability or whatever it is. I would say there aren't a lot of rules for it. And this is just my opinion. Like I, there's no right or wrong answer. This is just totally, you know, me off the cuff of this question. What I think, you know, if you're looking for a formal mentorship program, you know, that can certainly be done if you have a church and, you know, maybe the elders of the church or the leaders of the church, you know, would say there are certain women in this church that we believe would be very good role models and mentors that we're going to ask, you know, younger women or women who aren't as far along in their journey, um, if they want to be mentored by these women. And then, you know, you can kind of um, hook up that way. 
and decide how it's going to look from there. The most important thing is that there's somebody that's further along in their journey or more mature, not necessarily in age, but maybe, you know, just more mature in their walk with the Lord that you can look up to. And also keep in mind that that person should also have somebody that they are being held accountable to, right? Like they're not the be all end all. So they should be accountable to someone as well. Um, but you have somebody who is trustworthy um, and you respect and you honor and, you know, really important that it's somebody you feel you can open up with. I don't have a formal mentor. Like I said, I definitely have people in my life who've gone before me who I feel that I can go to uh, for certain things. But to have someone where I say we meet every Friday or once a month, Formally, I don't have that. It would be kind of nice um, to do that. And I think for the person who asked this question, if you are feeling led for being a mentor or having a mentor and you don't see that in your church and you think it's important, go to the leadership of your church and say, I think this would be something that would be important in our church. How can I be a part of making it happen? And then see what the leadership has in mind and go from there. But if you are feeling led or you are feeling that's on your heart to be a part of something like that, then take a step, take a leap of faith, go to the leadership of church and say, how can we make this happen? So the other question I have here is how can young women stay in the word and not social media? Well, that is definitely important for young women, but it's also important for us old folks, right? Every age needs to hear about this, but I know there are specific uh, challenges maybe for different age groups because, you know, the younger set the younger generation right now, they don't really know what it's like to live without social media. So that really does add a different aspect to this question. Because for me, I do know what it's like to live without social media. But imagine just that's how you've grown up. Like it's always been a part of your life. So there are unique challenges and issues that come, you know, with younger women. My number one advice, no matter what age or stage is, uh, is that you do need to practice self-control when it comes to social media. You do need to be accountable to the Lord, but also maybe find somebody in real life to be accountable to. You do need to keep a tight rein on your time spent in social media. And even if it's not your time spent, it's how much do you let it influence you? I talk I won't go into the whole thing about social media recently on a podcast episode. Um, I think it was called Enough is Enough or something like that. I'd really encourage you to go listen to that one um, and be, you know, just just listen to that one. And that applies to all ages and stages. Um, just a little plug for the retreat. You know, my daughter, like I said, Grace Jones is going to be at a retreat this summer to address issues for young women. And I can guarantee you this issue will be addressed because it is so important. And um, she's, you know, done really well with this. And I think she would be a great mentor or I should say, or um, encourager at that event to, um, you know, share some some tips. But honestly, I say this all the time, but for no matter what age or stage of life you are at, if you are seeking him first, if your true heart desire 
is to live for the things of the Lord, to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. You won't really have to try so hard to stay off social media because you won't desire it. The more you spend time with Him, the less you desire the things of this world. The more you fill up your mind with truth, the less you desire the lies of this world. And I would say that to any age, young and old, but especially for young people who haven't lived without social media to understand that what God has to say is far more important than what the world has to say. And if you are filled up with what God has to say and the truth of God's word, then you are able to discern what you know, choices to make in life or how to live or, you know, you're able to discern things. You know, so many young folks especially are confused. Like, how do I know if this is right or wrong? Or how do I know? You will know when you're in the truth. Hey, the truth will set you free. The truth sets us free. It sets us free from the chains of this world and the lies of this world. And the more we are filled up on it, the less likely we're going to be influenced by the wrong people and by the wrong media. And like I said, we won't desire it nearly as much when we're spending time in the Word. When I'm in my Bible, like the last thing I care about is what's going on in Facebook at that moment because I'm literally listening to the God of the universe speak to me and communicate with me. At that moment, what's going on on Instagram is not nearly as exciting as what's going on in God's Word. And if you're to the place where you're like, Karen, I don't feel that way. I'd much prefer to be on Instagram than God's Word. Then I would encourage you to find people, number one, to help you to be accountable and to pray for you. And I would encourage you to just start spending time in the Word and pray about that and be like, Lord, I want to desire you. I want to know you. And trust that he will work in you. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the word of God. We don't have to throw up our hands and say, oh, social media has a hold on us. No, we can have the God of the universe having a hold over us. Social media doesn't have any hold over us when we are being held by the creator of the universe. So I would encourage all women, young ladies and older women, to seek him above everything else. And it will change you from the inside out. It will transform you. Like I say at the beginning of every episode, the more you desire him, the less you naturally desire the things of this world. All right, next question. What is my favorite Bible verse? I think everybody knows this. Well, not everybody, because if you're not listening to the podcast for a long time, you wouldn't. But I often do quote my favorite Bible verse is Matthew 6, 33. And this goes very well with what I'm just talking about. That's why I'm going to tie this in one now. But that verse says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That verse comes at the end of my very favorite passage, which is Matthew 6, 25 to 34. I'd encourage you to read the whole thing. It has ministered to me my whole life. It helps me set my mind straight. It helps me um, to cut it out. When I start to go worry and get anxious, I go to that verse. But most of all, 
the verse in line 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's what I base my life on, my ministry, my homeschool, our family. Um, And just like I said, it basically says there, if you're seeking him first, he's going to give you all you need. So if you're seeking him first, you're not going to desire the things of this world, like social media, etc. So that is my very favorite Bible verse, but Quite frankly, I have a ton of favorites. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's always different passages that speak to me at different times. You know, I absolutely love Genesis 1. I love the whole creation story. I would say that Genesis 1-1 is like the most important uh, line in a book. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Because if you don't believe that and you're not um, understanding that, everything else in your beliefs and your faith falls apart. Um, Of course, there's verses, you know, in Romans, you know, Christ died for us like of course those are important because without that everything else falls apart right there are so many verses so many books of the bible that i love at various times i mean i love all of the bible but matthew 6 33 is definitely special and is very meaningful to me all right so i'm going to answer another question which is what does a day in your life look like you know i've often thought about doing one of those day in the life youtube videos or day in the life instagram whatever i just don't have it in me i don't think i'm meant to do that (laughs) sometimes i play on stories and show you know different snippets throughout the day or whatever but quite frankly there is not one day that ever looks like another Um, especially this past year of life. The past year for us has been a very topsy-turvy year. It has been unique in many ways, and I feel like I feel like sometimes I just want it to calm down and it doesn't. There's just one thing after another. So this past year, especially, I can't even imagine trying to give you a typical day. But I would say if you wanted a very, very basic idea of a completely normal day where nothing is going wrong, where we're not traveling, where we're not doing, you know, some kind of family activity or whatever would be um, right now. And every year is totally different depending on how many kids I'm homeschooling, depending on where we're at, you know, in that stage of life. But right now I only have two at home that I'm homeschooling. I have my uh, 13-year-old and my 17-year-old. And our most normal days right now look like um, us sitting down at nine o'clock. Now, all of us are up before that. So I'm not going to give you everybody's schedule. But my oldest son, he gets up really early and he works out and he um, works on his businesses. He's got this entrepreneur spirit And my second son, he does the animals outside, tends to the goats and the chickens and the ducks and feeds them and waters them and all that in the morning. Um, And then we usually start at nine o'clock. We sit at the kitchen table. We do some schoolwork together that we're working on, kind of like some unit studies these days. And then they go off and do their individual work, which is like their math um, and, you know, reading and literature and language arts and things like that. And then my son, usually my older one, has to work. So he goes to work in the afternoons many days. Um, My other son often in the afternoon is at these days when it is warm outside is outside doing things. Um, But it's always different because my son's work schedule is different, whatever. And then in the afternoons, while they have their own time, I try to 
get some work on my ministry done. So I usually come to my desk. And like I said, that often doesn't happen because I'm a mom first and foremost. My ministry is my family. Sometimes there's a lot of things going on in the family that need tending to, and I don't get to my desk. But my goal is always to sit down and work on the ministry. I have the Simply Living for Him online women's community that I need to work on, and um, I try to uh, be in there every day to communicate with the women and encourage them and we do bible studies and scripture writing and memorization and i have to put all that together every month and so that is completely free if anybody in here if anybody's listening and wants to join go ahead and check it out at simplylivingforhim.com slash community some afternoons i'm podcasting some afternoons i'm recording videos for my daily devotions which go up on youtube some afternoons i just have to you know do kind of back end stuff um with the website or with, you know, whatever. And so that I would say it happens very, what's the word I want to use? I don't want to say sporadically because I'm always working on the ministry, but it's not as organized as I would like. There was a time where I was like, every Monday I'm going to work on administrative stuff. Every Tuesday I work on community stuff. Every Wednesday I record the podcast. Every Thursday I do videos. Every Friday I write a blog post. And I was doing that for a while and then life just got crazy. So ideally I'd like to get back to that. My husband works, uh, he has his own business, but he's actually out of the home four days a week. So he has, you know, a typical get home at five o'clock from that job. And then we often spend time together at night. Now that the weather's getting better, the boys usually go fishing at night with my husband. If they don't go fishing, they'll go on a bike ride. If it's too cold or not nice out, we'll hang out and like watch, you know, shows like on Hulu together eat some ice cream and, you know, just enjoy being together in the evening. So that's kind of a typical day, but not really. You know, (laughs) you know what I mean. And like I said, life right now is just crazy. So how, next question, how is the transition going with a married child? That's a loaded question. Um, How is it going? Well, let's see. I will start out by saying I adore with all of my heart my son-in-law. He is made for our family. I have not a doubt in my mind that he was chosen by God for my daughter and for us to be our son. He takes care of my daughter. I couldn't ask for a better son-in-law. He loves her wholeheartedly, is a godly man, and just, like I said, takes care of her like gold. So I couldn't ask for anything more. On the other hand, as a mom, I didn't really, I feel like I wasn't very prepared for the transition because it did happen quite quickly. Um, So we were thrown into like learning to let go when she went to college and going through that kind of transition to all of a sudden now like we're really letting go because she's completely on her own and married. So I'm still walking through it. I think it's been a little bit of a messy transition for me sometimes how to navigate this new relationship with an adult daughter, right? I mean, she is not under our authority anymore. She is um, a wife and a woman, and she's got all types of things going on. And don't get me wrong, we are thrilled and over the moon for our new son-in-law, but it is a totally different situation. time of life, a new season. And like I said, I think because we were thrown into it so fast, 
it just has been different. Okay, one other thing I wanted to mention, um, I meant to mention before when I was uh, talking about like the day in the life stuff, um, I just wanted to mention because somebody had sent me a message recently and I guess she was happy about my podcast episode that she had listened to it encouraged her but she said like going into the episode she was sort of thinking like well what is what does she know about this because you know she has it all she has uh, property and a nice house and all these things and I just wanted to encourage you all out there that um, there, there are so many things we struggle with so the grass is not always greener on the other side I just want you to be aware there are so many things we struggle with I'm a work in progress and I'm not always going to share every detail of all those things because you know sometimes it's just not for public knowledge at the same time I do like to share when you know there are things to celebrate because you know, look at God, look at what he does. So I am a big believer in not being like a complain fest online, like, woe is me, life is so hard. And I'm also a believer in being like, it's okay to share when things are good. So it's that's another weird balance because then people think, oh, they're boasting and, you know, they're sharing all these things. But why can't we be happy for each other? You know, if, if something goes well for somebody else, we should be happy for them. And so I just wanted to kind of point that out there about, you know, the whole, uh, the whole, you know, when somebody says, what's a day in your life like, you know, I can't even really convey all the dimensions that it is so just be aware when you see people on the internet or people that have public ministry or influencers or public lives there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that isn't always meant for the public eye um, and there's nothing wrong with that it's not that somebody's hiding it or whatever and if you guys have come to any event that I've done I am always like a hundred percent as much as I you know can be transparent. Sometimes, you know, in a smaller setting, like at the event we had this past week, I may share a lot more of the struggles just because it's a more intimate event. But when I'm just throwing stuff out there, I always have to be aware, like maybe the people in my life don't want me to make this struggle so public because it involves other people or whatever it is. So I really try 100% to be real and honest and transparent. But I also... I'm just, you know, trying to protect people sometimes and not share everything. So never think that somebody else, you know, they have all these things and that means their life is like settled. That means they're, you know, like she has a nice house or she has, you know, land and she has the little farm. So she's got it all. Believe me, I don't have it all. <laughs> not even close. But you know what I do have? I have Jesus. So if anyone out there wants to look at me and be like, wow, you know, she's really got all these things. Don't look at any of the things in my life as being that exciting, except for the fact that I have Jesus. That is my biggest claim to fame. That is the thing that I will shout from the rooftops. That is the thing I am proud of. That is the thing that I will boast about because I will only boast in the Lord. And I am so thankful that he saved me out of the pit of darkness and rescued me and I now walk in the light. Those are the things that are you know, that I want everybody to know. However, does that mean that my life is perfect? No. Do I struggle all the time? Yes. But I can't even imagine how much I would struggle or how imperfect things would be if I didn't 
have him to walk me through. But I am a work in progress. Sanctification is a process. No one will arrive until we all get to that glorious day someday with the Lord. So let's just be careful of how we view others out there publicly. The last question I wanted to address is, what is your testimony? Well, that would probably take an entire episode all in itself. But I will share that here at the end somewhat because... You know, I think it's, this is something I do struggle with, I will be honest with you. I think it is so important for people to know my testimony because, again, when we're talking about that multidimensional thing, it's really important to understand somebody's backstory so you can appreciate who they are today. And I often get kind of upset because I feel like people will see me now and think that... um that this is like how it's always been or, you know, oh, she's walking with the Lord. She has a strong relationship with the Lord and that's all great. Like if you only knew where I've been and what I've done and what's been done to me, you would really understand a little bit more who I am today. But it's so painful sometimes that, not sometimes, all the time basically that you know, you can't walk around sharing all of that all the time. But I think having a knowledge of someone's backstory is important. I talked about this in my book, Real Homeschool, Letting Go of the Pinterest Perfect and Instagram Ideal Homeschool. There's a part in the book where I talk about, you know, when that person annoys you on social media, because it always looks like everything's going her way, or she's always posting when her husband does something nice for her. She's always posting, oh, those beautiful sunrises and sunsets from her house, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's really important to understand somebody's backstory because there was a time in my life where forget having a husband that I thought would do anything kind for me or nice for me. I was involved in a very abusive relationship. So if I'm posting because my husband's doing something nice for me, it's because I can't believe that this is real life. I can't believe that God has blessed me in this way after all I've been through. If I'm posting a sunrise and a sunset because I just think it's such a testimony of what God has done in my life, but you don't know what God has done. You just see it as, oh, she's there she goes, posting that sunrise and sunset again. There was a time in my life where I was living in an apartment over a deli in a city, completely lost and broken. And I would dream of seeing a sunrise and a sunset from my home one day. And now I have both. The sun rises in the front and sets in the back over our barn. And when I see that every single day, it's a reminder of what God has done in my life. So it's really important to understand somebody's backstory. And a testimony does just that. It gives you know, a testimony to not like me, like what I've done, it's to what God has done. So the real quick cliff note version of my testimony is that I was brought up in church. You know, my family was a church going family when I was younger, different denomination than what I uh, would say I am now It's a non-denominational Bible-based church is what we're involved in. But um, we grew up in, um, you know, going to church on Sunday. But for me, that was about it. It was just something you did. It wasn't really something you lived. And it never permeated my soul. I heard about Jesus, but I truly didn't grasp what he did for me. Uh, I never opened a Bible until I was probably 20 years old. So I you know, had experience with, you know, there is a God, but I definitely didn't have a personal relationship with him. 
And I won't go through all the details because, again, they involve other people, and I don't want to publicly put that out there on the airwaves. Um, But I went through some very difficult times in my teenage years, extremely uh, hard on my family, and our family went through um, the worst things. Like we just went through some bad things. And so I had a very tumultuous time and I started to really rebel. And when I went off to college, I left home thinking I'm never coming back. I can't wait to get away from here. And um, I got myself involved in some pretty rough stuff while I was out there and got myself involved with an an abusive boyfriend um, and ended up coming home, praise the Lord that at the time it didn't seem like a, probably to my parents, a good idea for me to come home from that college. I was there one semester, but praise the Lord I did because I probably would have been dead if I had stayed there long term. Um, I was just involved with the wrong people doing the wrong things. And um, I won't go into detail, but there were some pretty horrific things that this uh, relationship um did to me and got me involved in. And it has, you know, traumatized me for life, basically, like I still have a lot of issues from it. So I don't share a lot about that, especially publicly. But just know that there's stuff that is pretty horrific. And so then by the grace of God, that relationship ended. And uh, I thought I was going to die, even though it was abusive, I didn't know how to live without that person. And I quite frankly, wanted to die. And I just came to the end of myself one day. And I remember crying out to, to me, I call it like the unknown God at the time, because I knew that there was something like I had been brought up with God, I kind of believed in a higher power. And I would just remember crying out and being like, okay, if you're there, please do something because I'm done. Like I can't go another day in this life. And right that, I would say that week, I don't remember the exact timeline, but in that time frame, very shortly after, I met my husband and he was a godsend. He is um, a huge part of me being rescued out of that pit that I was in, but mostly, you know, Jesus took me out of that pit. Because at the same time, when I met my husband, I had decided I want to go to church. Like, I think I need to do something. I need to get out of this pit. And so he and I began to grow together in our faith. um, And all of these things happened during those years to bring us to the point where um, we truly understood that Jesus died for us. It was no longer this like distant thing out there. I started to understand that I wanted to have a personal relationship with Jesus and and that he did die for me. And, And a beautiful woman that I was working with at that time really presented the gospel to me during all this time and had me reading the Bible and really explained all of this to me. And that was the beginning of me seeking him and uh, the very first passage I ever opened to in the Bible was Matthew six twenty five to 34. And that's why it's such an important um, part of my life. I felt like God himself came down in the room and was talking to me that day. And so um, it's been a process. That was when I was about 21 years old. I am now going to be 47. So it's been a process of, you know, learning and growing. And the first, I don't know, 10 years, you know, I would say was a, it was... Definitely uh, learning. I was, you know, 
really wanting to understand how to live this Christian life. And then I would say in the past 10, 15 years or so is when I've really, once I had my children and we were homeschooling, when I have really, really um, been digging into the word and really wanting to know him more than anything. And there's been a lot more transformation, I would say, in the the last 10 years than ever. And I'm so thankful for that. So that's the Cliff Notes version. Um, But just so you guys have an understanding of, you know, who I am and where I came from. And I remember like going to church when we were, my kids were younger and um, somebody saying to me like, oh, you didn't grow up in the church. Like you weren't a Christian your whole life. I was like, oh my goodness, no. So I don't ever want to give this like facade that I'm anything that I wasn't. Um, But then again, you can't walk around always saying, you want to know my backstory. So I thought I'd just answer that question today on the podcast and share that a little bit. But if you um, need prayer, or if you're going through a tough time, or you have a backstory and you you get it, you get it, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. You can always email me at karen at simplylivingforhim.com. You can leave me a message on the podcast at anchor.fm slash simplylivingforhim. Um, that would be just so great to connect with you that way. Or come to the Simply Living For Him retreat. I would love to meet you in person and spend those two days with you as we seek Jesus together as women. So I hope that you enjoy listening to this question and answer. If you ever have more questions, you can always leave a message at simplylivingforhim.com. I mean, I'm sorry, at anchor.fm slash simplylivingforhim. You can always leave a voicemail there. If I get a bunch, we'll do another Q&A in the future. Um, But I think it's important sometimes to stop and take a pause and just like answer some of these questions to let you all know a little bit more about me so that you can understand where I'm coming from. I thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It just blows my mind when people tell me that, you know, oh, that episode you did, it encouraged me or it made me think differently or it pointed me back to Jesus. I mean, that is literally the reason I do this. It is all for him, all to know that other people out there are being encouraged. If the podcast has encouraged you, you can also go to anchor.fm slash Simply Living for Him and you can become a donor to help support the podcast because you know, I don't think people realize sometimes when you have ministry, all that is involved besides all the time you put into it, all the costs that are involved with, you know, blogging and keeping the online community going because the online community is free. I never charge anyone to come in and hear the gospel or to get closer to the Lord. But we always do welcome donations for anyone who has been blessed by any of the things that I do at Simply Living for Him. And one way you can support me is if you're a podcast listener and you want to see the podcast keep going on the air, go to anchor.fm slash him and become a monthly donor. Also, if you purchase one of my e-courses or my books um, or a product that I sell, that always is such a blessing to me as well. So I hope that this encouraged you today. I hope you got to know me a little bit more. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.